my name's John, as Lisa just said, and I'm the youth and young adults pastor here. I spend most of my time at Malalu, but I'm, I'm pumped to be here at Meriwa. Um, it's great to see you all. It's, I heard it's a, it's a vibing, upbeat service. Is that right? You know, we're kind of people full of energy, ready to go, ready to have a great time and to get into to God's Word, which is so good. And, and we're continuing our color series, which has been awesome. Anyone been here the last couple of weeks and uh, caught, the, caught some of the messages? So what was last week? Pink, there we go, it was pink, it was Michelle, which I think was peace, I wasn't here, but inner peace, uh, self-care, there we go, um, but a great, great message, and I'm um, looking forward to sharing today, and we're looking at the colour green this morning, green, which would be awesome, anyone's favourite colour green? There we go, we've got a few, there we go, it's not my favourite colour, I'm, I'm blue, but it's kind of one of the, one of the, one of the cousins of, uh, of green, so uh, looking forward to getting into green. Now, what we've been doing with these colour series is looking at what they represent, you know, different colours represent different things, there's kind of positive and negative energies to, to a lot of different colours, and our minds go to different things when we think of different colours, and so we'll get to that in just a minute, but I've got to admit, the thing that my mind goes straight to when I, when I think of green is the green veggies, like green veggies. Like, and I've got a picture here, just like kind of beautiful green veggies. There we go. And like, you know, I look at that and, you know, I must admit now, kind of at my, my age now, I do enjoy that. Who, who looks at that and says like, that is something nice to eat. Like, I wouldn't mind having a, having a bite of that. And then who's the other person that's like, I've never eaten that in my life. Like, that is just disgusting. Rod O'Donnell, I see that shame hand at the back. Um, he... he I did actually speak to him about this before, and he said he's had some very traumatic events with peas uh, over his life, and uh, uh, his family, just like my family, had, had the, you know, no desserts unless you eat your greens when you're growing up. Anyone else have that when they were growing up? And so, you know, I had a few, few nights there where I was so stubborn, I'm like, no, nah, I'm just not having desserts tonight, I'm not eating my greens, and so younger John would be kind of spewing at the older John, just thinking, you know, yeah, all those stubborn efforts, you know, now you, now you actually enjoy, enjoy that. And it's funny, I've got an eight-month-old son now, and I thought it would be funny just this week to give him a crack at some greens, to give him a try of some greens. He is starting to eat. He's got, like, little teeth and stuff. And so I've actually got a little clip here of me feeding him a pea this week, if that's right. If that's right. We'll have a quick look. So I don't know if that's, like, pumpkin or something. Yep, that's quite good. He enjoys that. And now here's the... Here's the trick. And spits it out. He's ropeable. He's a you know a, a young man after his dad's heart. Uh, no, I do enjoy it now, but I'm sure he'll he'll come to enjoy it, the greens. But that's kind of where my mind went. But the other one that and the one that we're going to be looking at this morning is one that you would have encountered a lot if you, you drove here this morning. You would have most likely encountered it. And it's as you come to a traffic light. There's three different symbols, of course. There's red, which means stop. There's orange, which means go faster. <laughs> I knew there was going to be one joker. Um, it, it doesn't actually mean that unless, you know, I don't know, unless you're just a legal driver. I'm not, <laughs> no, I'm sure you've got, uh, there has been times, but then it actually means proceed with caution, I believe. It means proceed with caution um, or prepare to stop. There we go. Thank you. And then, of course, we've got the green light, which means go, which means go. So we're going to be simply looking at that word go this morning. And the title of my message is, is what if God says go? What if God says go to us? How do we hear that? How do we respond to that? How does that look in our lives? And we're going to be looking at a, 
uh, a character, well, a couple characters in the Bible, an old school, Old Testament uh, character, and it's the story of David and Goliath. It's an absolute like cracker of a story, and um, we're looking at the, kind of the lead up and a couple moments of how David actually listened. David was able to listen to, to God's call and was able to go in probably some of the hardest circumstances where things were not in his favor in terms of the odds, like it was against all odds, and he was able to step up and hear that and respond to, to God's call in his life. And so kind of, it's a story that probably most people know, but just kind of just a quick recap, it, um, just kind of to catch us all up, but just in case you haven't heard of it before. So there was these two armies, and uh, the, the Israelites and the Philistines. From the Philistines' army raise, uh, emerges this massive man. Uh, it's, his name is Goliath, as, as we know, and he puts out this challenge to the Israelites and says, hey, rather than kind of all of us, you know, fighting and dying, let's just do a 1v1 battle. You guys, you know, send your best warrior. I'm, I'm our best warrior. And um, if, if I win, then you guys become my slaves. And then if you win, I'll become your slaves. And so he puts out this, this challenge. And uh, of course, there, there is no one that really wants to step up. The kind of challenge goes out for ages. Now, does anyone know the height of Goliath? Just uh, off the top of your head, Warwick, what do you reckon? Nine and 11 feet. Yeah, that, that, is, that is true. It, apparently, well, I've looked into it a bit. It's about nine and a half feet. About nine and a half feet. So it's a, it's a massive man. Um, I'm six foot two. I don't know how big the stage is. Maybe three feet. So you imagine Goliath probably being the height that I am right now. And Matt, you want to stand up for a second? <laughs> Matt, you can be David for a second. How, how tall are you? Five, five foot five. Let's go. Five foot five. I don't know. <laughs> Which is exactly what David was. So that's perfect. No, I don't know if that's true. But can you come and stand next to me here for a second? So this is the kind of odds that David is stepping in. I want you to imagine not just my height, but maybe Tama's body as well. Kind of just like massive. I saw him take up the pulpit with literally one hand. I'm like, that thing is heavy as. So this is the kind of odds that David is, is stepping into. And we're looking into that story. How does David, you know, respond to that? You know, when no one else would step up. And so I want to cultivate a bit more go in our lives. Is that okay? We're going to cultivate how do we hear and how do we respond to that um, in our everyday lives. You can have a seat, Matt. Thanks, David. Um, cheers. So we're going to be looking at 1 Samuel uh, chapter 17, verse 20. And so where we pick up Goliath, he's put out this challenge for 40 days, 40 nights. No one stepped up. And uh, where David is at this point, he's not even at the battle. He's not even old enough to actually be there. He's one of eight brothers. Three of his brothers are there. And so his dad one day says, hey, David, I want you to go to the battle and bring some food and check on them. And that's kind of where we, we pick up from, from there in verse 20. So it says, early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of a shepherd. He loaded up and set out as Jesse had directed he reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle position, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other, and David left his things with the keeper of supplies, ran to the battle lines, and asked his brothers how they were. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out of his usual lines, his, his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. I'll stop there and we'll jump ahead to, to verse 32. I feel like there's something powerful in the David hearing something here. You almost know that something's about to happen. And then there's a, a few different verses between. And we'll jump to verse 32 and it says, this is David's response to actually hearing. Um, so he says to the king, Saul, he goes, let no one lose heart on the account of this Philistine. 
your servant will go and fight him. So he says, I will go and fight him. And then this is where we'll kind of look into some of the lead up moments to that, um, to that obviously really life defining and history changing moment um, and how we can look into to what David does. So this is Saul, the king's reply to David. We'll read a few verses here. So it says, Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep when a lion or a bear came and carried off a, a came and carried off a sheep from the flock. I went after it, struck it and rescued it from, from the sheep's from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. So we have obviously David saying yes to this call. He hears it and he wants to step into it. And he already has, you can tell, just a, a different attitude to what everyone else has. There's 40 days where no one responds and yet he rocks up, not even meant to be there, and he's able to step into a situation that is completely out of his arena. It's, he's, he's, the odds are completely against him. And so what Saul questions here is his age and his experience. So he says, you're too young, you're a young man. And then he says, the guy that you're fighting against has been a warrior since you're probably your age, since his youth and your experience. You, you, you're nowhere near this, this guy's experience. And when it comes to go, the first thing that I see here straight away, and I think it's something that we can take for us, is that when it comes to God's go in our lives, is that we've got to go before we feel ready. We've got to go before it feels right sometimes. Because I think something I really admire about David in this situation is that he would have known the equation. He would have known that the, the odds didn't stack in his favor. He, you look at the height difference. He would have looked at kind of, uh, you know, looked at kind of different things going on, knowing his experience, knowing his age. But it's almost as if he just said, you know, I'm not actually going to allow, you know, my age or my experience to actually hold me back and I'm going to step into this arena because if I know if God's on my side, if he's calling me into this, there's always going to be a way through it. Now, it's interesting because the, the counter energy to go, um, Hank Fortner kind of come up with this series if you're at Imagine Conference and he talked about how go, but the counter energy is actually inexperience, which is interesting because this is kind of what Saul is challenging here in Dave and you might have heard the, um, the, the uh, expression before when someone talks about someone being inexperienced, it's like, yeah, he works hard, but he's a little green. Has anyone heard that before? He works hard, but he's a little green. Now, where this kind of originated apparently from was that sea captains, when they have someone new on the ship, they were not used to sailing, so they literally would turn green. They literally would turn green and get a little bit sick. And so, you know, if they look at someone who was new or not very good at sailing, they would be like, oh, he's, he's a little green. You know, he's a good worker, but he's green. He's still learning. And so, you know, I think there's good reason why these are opposite energies when we talk about go and inexperience and being, being green, is that because I think one of the biggest paralyzers in our faith is that we're always waiting for the someday perfect moment, for the someday moment for, for God to, to use us in a certain way, that, you know, waiting for it to feel right, to, to be more prepared, to, you know, I feel like this happens so much up in my life as well. You feel like I'm not ready. I need to know more. And, and actually, we allow, you know, through different ways, age and experience actually to stop us from, from moving forward and to capturing what God actually has in front of us. I remember when I was 16, um, I was a 
cabinet maker apprentice at the time. Um, that was I left the, the school at the end of year ten and did this uh, did this apprenticeship and and you know really enjoyed that. And I was at a conference and I remember the speaker saying something along the lines of uh, something like that God can heal the hardest of hearts, something like that. He said something. I remember. I just remember that kind of um, being being the thing that stuck with me and. What I thought of straight away was my boss, my boss at work. I was like, yeah, this guy, is, you know, he's got a hard heart. He's not a very nice, not, not a very nice guy. Um, and so then kind of instantly God sort of challenged me in that. When I thought of him, I was like, I was like, nah, there's no way, God, you can change a guy like this. And so, you know, then he's challenged me. He's like, well, give me a chance. Give me a chance to, to show it, you know, actually speak to him. And, uh, and so, you know, I kind of, was like, okay, I'm going to give this a crack, going to give it a shot. I'm a 16-year-old. I don't know how old this guy was, but, um, you know, probably 30, 40s or whatever, but, you know, a few, a few, quite a few years older than me. And so it was a bit of an intimidating thing. And so the, the moment came. I remember we were in the car. We used to drive to, uh, to site um, to do different works and whatever. And so the moment came. There was kind of like that silence in conversation. I felt like in the back of my mind, God actually said, yep, come on. This is the time. I want you to talk about your weekend. I want you to, you know, not, not I guess, just share your, your whole faith and, you know, kind of have this crazy moment, but actually just I want you to, I want you to kind of talk about your weekend. Because you know how in those moments you have, you have the, do you have the moment to take it down one way or you have the, you have the, you the chance to take it another way, don't you? If someone asks about how your weekend, it's like, yeah, it was pretty cool. I watched a movie. You know, you can easely take it one or the other way. Other way. And for me, unfortunately, in that moment, I let it wait. I let it sit and... I missed it. I missed the moment. And, you know, I always thought, oh, I'm going to do it maybe another time or, uh, you know, and then, you know, a week later and kind of missed it again. And, and I kind of look back at that moment as, as something that unfortunately I missed. Uh, and I don't, I don't know what's happened to this guy. I don't know. And I wish I would, would have had a, another chance. But the thing that I always look back on is because there was things that went in my mind. I remember it like thinking, oh, what if it goes wrong? What if he fires me? I don't know enough. What if he asks me this question? I have no idea about the answer to that question. You know, all these kind of things started going through my mind. And so, um, you know, I, I, started to, I started to question myself. I started to question my, my, my experience in faith. I guess, you know, my age. I think I'm only 16. This guy's way older. You know, I can't do this. And obviously, you know, I missed that opportunity. But if I could tell myself one thing, you know, older John could tell younger John one thing, it was that, I'm, I'm never going to be more ready to be used by God than right where I was in that moment. But I didn't need to know all the theology. I didn't need to know all the answers. I just needed to live an authentic faith and an authentic, authentic life. Like, I feel like I'm no more ready to answer some of those questions right now. And I've been a, been a pastor for a couple of years and, and done some study. And can I tell you that no matter where you are right now, that you are never going to be more ready than right where you are for God to actually use you. Because here's the cool thing, is that God, he, he always, he doesn't call the equipped, but he equips the call. Does that make sense? He doesn't call the equipped, but he equips the call. Meaning he's not waiting for you to have all the answers, to, to have it all together, to, to be a pastor for 10, I don't know, whatever, you know. He's not waiting for all these things to be together, but actually he equips you along the way. He prepares you along the way. And so all we've got to do is actually just go. We've actually got to step into what he's calling us to. And, you know, we might not feel ready for that moment, but he prepares us as we go. Now, we're going to jump back into the story here because, you know, Saul hears, obviously hears that David wants to go. He, qu he questions him. David responds with the lion and bear situation. 
And then he's like, okay, cool. If you're really desperate to go, then, you know, at least wear my armor. At least take this with you. And so we'll look in verse 38. Uh, so Saul talking about that. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over his tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took, he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from a stream and put them in a pouch of his shepherd's bag and with a sling in his hand approached the Philistine. The next thing I think when it comes to go is that we've got to get comfortable being different. We've got to get comfortable not looking the same as, as everyone else around us. I don't know if you've ever done something to fit in. I remember in high school, it was like, this was kind of the, this was the time where I felt like more than any time in my life, I just tried to fit in for whatever. I don't know, you don't want to get picked on or certain things going on, so you're just trying to not stand out too much. And uh, it's, going to sound, it's going to sound really funny, but I remember one, uh, one particular time, I went over a few different mates' houses, and one thing I really noticed was just how green their grass was. Like re- I'm like 14, and I noticed how green their grass was. I was like, you know, I'd go to their house, it's a beautiful house, and I'm just like, wow, that is some nice grass. Like, it's beautiful grass. L- legit, this is, this is going to sound weird, but I'm looking at I'm like, it's like a golf course in their front yard. Like, it's just beautiful. And then I'd go back to my house and I'd be like, that's not grass, that's sand. Or that's the very patchy grass and it's brown. It's not, as, it's not green, it doesn't look too nice. And, and here's the crazy thing is that as a 14-year-old, so I slept at their house and you know, stayed with them, whatever, and then there was times when they were going to come to my house and in the weeks leading up, I was paranoid about them judging my grass. <laughs> this is no, no lie, like this is true and so kind of, Day in, day night, day night, I was actually watering the front and the backyard grass as a 14-year-old thinking, I want my grass to look like their grass. It was, it was pretty crazy. And then like, my friend actually came over. It didn't work out. The grass wasn't green. And he was just like, I don't care, man. Like, I just don't like, no, he didn't. He probably didn't even notice, to be honest. It's like, he's like, my dad, like, that's his, that's his thing. He does it. But the crazy thing is, is that when we're trying to fit in or when we you know, have comparison as a big part of our life is that we do things that are stupid. We do things that we shouldn't be focusing on, shouldn't we? We do things that, that you know, kind of distract us from, from what we should be actually focusing on. And I think so often some of the things that actually stops us from moving forward is when we look to the left and we look to the right and it's like, why doesn't my life look the same as, as, as this person? Or, you know, Dave's so good on the drums or people singing or, you know, how good is this person and talented? And then, you know, why is that person... But God actually says, you know what, I want you to get comfortable being different. I want you to get comfortable being yourself. I love that David here in this situation, he does something that probably no one's done ever before. Probably. Um, you know, he's in a battle where, yeah, you wear your armor, you grab your sword, you go and fight. That's how everyone fights. That's how it goes. He's like, no, nah, this doesn't work for me. I can't do it this way. And so he puts, puts it to the side, picks up his five stones, grabs the sling and walks out. I just imagine the soldiers looking at him just like, well, sorry, David, like you're gone. Like, you know, like there's no way you're going to beat Goliath this way. He strolls out and he hits him in the head with a rock and defeats him. And he's like, no, I have to do what is comfortable for me. And here's one thing that I think we've got to understand is that when it comes to God's go in our life, is that 
Your yes, my yes, is going to look different to others. That our yes to that, to that, you know, it was the same call, the same thing to step up to, but our yes to that actually looks different. Does that make sense? That our, our working to what God is calling us to is always going to look different. And so I need to encourage you in that, that, hey, God wants to use you for you. There's the unique things in you that God is calling you to and for you to step into. Um, there was a, we did a, a, a conference this year, True North's first, first ever conference, which was um, super good. It was uh, Imagine Conference. Anyone actually at that? It was, really, it was really fun. It was so cool. And uh, Hank Fortner, the guy that actually kind of come up with this series, he was our, he was our guest speaker at that. And uh, one thing that really struck me about what he said um, in one of the sessions, it was actually one of the interview sessions in the morning. And people, I think it was Dean actually that asked him, said something along the lines of, you know, how do you deal with kind of like scary situations or fear when you have to, you know, confront people or you have to do things that, that you know, don't feel nice. He's, he's dealing with some like big wigs. If you don't know Hank Fortner, he's a, the, the, the chief of staff at Rock Nation, um, which is a massive entertainment company. You deal with people from, from Jay-Z to Rihanna to Danny Green to, to NBA players to heaps of different people. And it's like he's having like conversations with these kind of people. And so, you know, what is, Dean asked him this question, what do you do when you have something, when you have to confront one of these people and say, hey, like, I don't think that's a good idea or, you know, I don't want, why, why are you doing this? And you have to, you know, do those kind of things. And so the thing that really stuck with me, a, a word, is that he said, he moves quickly. He moves quickly. That when there's something that he's afraid of, when there's something that he knows he has to do it, when he knows that God is calling him to it, he moves quickly. One of the things that I'm always amazed about when it comes to the story of David is just how fast he moves, how fast he steps into it. So you imagine this, for 40 days, no one steps up. David's not even meant to be at the battle. He strolls up delivering some food to his brothers, he hears the call and then instantly, he's not even meant to be there. He instantly says, yeah, that's, that's what I'm going to do. I'm actually going to step into it. He hears it and he responds instantly with this crazy, crazy, crazy quickness. He would have had no idea what his day was going to hold waking up that morning and ends with him defeating a giant, becoming a, a champion, a hero, something that we'll remember forever. I stepped into uh, some study uh, just a few years, just a few years ago, after having a massive, well, like seven or eight year kind of gap, like a seven or eight year break uh, from from study, and it was a bit of a wake up call for me, you know, doing different assignments and things like that, and I wasn't used to it. I love it. So you left school at the end of year ten, so I didn't have the eleven and twelve pressure, and then so stepped into study, kind of, guess as an adult trying to get back into it. And I'm like, man, this is this is intense, and I, I realized that kind of talking with my colleagues that there is two types of people when it comes to handing in assignments. I don't know if anyone actually done some study or over the last few years or you've studied at some point in your life, you would, you would definitely resonate with this, I'm sure, is that when you're handing in assignment, there's the, the really early hander in I don't know if that's the right word, but there's like, clearly I don't study too much. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, it's like the week of the assignment, you're talking about it, and they're like, what assignment are you talking about? It's like, oh, yeah, I handed that one in last week. You're like, that's ridiculous. And we all hate those kind of people. We're just like, you know, you are just so annoying. Um, you handed it in like two weeks ago, and they, they just like, they just, you know, put the time in, they smash it. I feel like you would be that kind of person, Angie, are you? 
you're not. I feel like you, I feel like she is. She's being humble. But uh, but you know the, that's the first type of person. And then there's the second type of person which we all know, and they leave it to the last minute, and it's like handed in 11 seconds before it's due. Like it's just like crazy just before. Like I, with my assignments, I have to hand them in online, so there's literally like a 12 o'clock like deadline and so sometimes I'm like just getting it in seconds just before I always leave it till the last minute and you know I know it's frowned upon but I actually saw this this meme this week uh, which kind of helps us out when you leave all your works until the last minute because diamonds are made under pressure okay (laughs) I feel like that justifies all our late rises our late hander out no now, let, let's be honest, we kind of all would love to be the people that hand it in earlier. You know, I would love to be the person that hands it in two weeks, you know, in, in advance. But, uh, you know, I can't, I can't quite do that. I'm not that kind of person. I like, to, I like a little bit of pressure to get, to, get me, to get me moving. But the reason why I share that story is that it's so easy to procrastinate. It's so easy to, to push things back that, you know, I find that I have a moment of inspiration, maybe even it is for study, and I'm like, yep, I'm going to be that person that hands it in two weeks early. And if I don't capture that moment very quickly, it's gone very quickly as well. Like if I have that, if I don't literally get up, you know, jump on my laptop, start studying, write my introduction, start going for it, you know, if I don't literally do it in that moment, sometimes I know that's going to be the only moment I'm going to be able to actually do that. I think you know, it's so easy sometimes when God drops something into our heart or into our mind to have that same kind of thinking. It's kind of the way we are wired in some ways. And even if we know it's what we need to do, we know it's what God's calling us in to do, but we hesitate and we stop. We don't move forward. And, you know, we think maybe I'm going to set an alarm or I'm going to, you know, try and do that next week or whatever it is. But can I encourage you today that I know there's things that God's dropped into your heart, there's things that God's calling you into, there's dreams, there's all kinds of things that God has probably placed in you that when the temptation is to push it back, that today is a great day to say, nope, today I'm going to move forward. Today I'm actually going to, I'm going to you know, there's a hard phone call that I've got to make. I'm going to do that now. I'm not going to wait till tomorrow. There's a conversation I need to have with my family. There's someone that I've been praying for and I know I've got to tell them this. And, you know, I've been putting it off, but today, no, I'm going to move forward. And I know there's sometimes really big things in that, and we can't always say if it's like God's calling us overseas to do missions. It's not like we can move tomorrow. But what I mean is, is begin to make some moves. Begin to talk to your husband. Begin to talk to your wife. Begin to talk to family and people and stuff like that. Start to make moves. That's how we can actually move quickly into things. You know, say, this scares me. This is uncomfortable. But today, I'm going to make a move. I want to welcome up the, the band, if that's all right. I um, don't know if they're, they're around. And uh, we're going to go into two songs, into a couple songs. And I, I want to land this in, in, two, in two places. Because I'm really believing that God is uh, calling us to, to be go people. God is calling us to, to hear, to respond, and to do some crazy things and some great things in this world. And I want this to kind of have two outworkings this morning. And the, the first one is, is being a go person in your personal life. It's kind of what we've been talking about mostly is that I know God is calling people to take a step forward in certain things. And, you know, I think sometimes it's so easy for us to, even when we have the green light, when God's saying go, when God's calling us forward, to live as if we've got an orange or a red light. We're kind of a bit hesitant. We're maybe like a proceed with caution kind of person. It's like even if God is like, yep, green light, go, go, go. You can do this. You're awesome. It's like, oh, you know, I've got to 
I'm gonna move a little bit slower. I'm not quite ready for that. I reckon today is a great way to, a great, great day to, to step into to what God is calling you to. I watched a movie just this week uh, called, uh, We Bought a Zoo. We Bought a Zoo. Anyone seen that movie? Um, I'll, I'll touch on it really quickly. Um, but there's one thing that struck me from the, from the movie, and it's this, uh, the main character, he lives by this one saying, and he says, all it takes to do something great is to have 20 seconds of insane courage. 20 seconds of insane courage. How about having 20 seconds of insane courage today of, you know, that thing that's just been sitting in the back of your mind. It's like, I know I need to move on this. 20 seconds of insane courage and I reckon God's gonna do something amazing through that. God's gonna do something amazing in you today. And then the second outworking, this is not being just a go person personally, but also being a go person for others. Something I really noticed this week, probably more than, than, than most times of reading this story is how David, had Saul, the king, on his back, like, there's no way you're gonna be able to do it. If you read a bit more into it, his brothers were like, what the heck are you even doing here? You know, why are you, yeah, why, why are you here? And then I'm sure there would have been lots of probably other people talking into this as well, and that, uh, that isn't documented. And I think it's so easy sometimes when we hear someone's dream or hear someone's calling and to think, wow, that's really big. I think that's a bit too big. Actually, maybe you should try something else. And we actually can actually kill people's faith, kill people's dreams. And you know, one thing I, I was even just thinking about this week, have you ever noticed how kids have massive dreams? How, how they have massive kind of goals in life. It's to be a fireman or to be a superhero or to be an NBA superstar. That was one of mine when I was a kid. Um, still not too late, I'm believing. Um, no, it's too late, I'm too old. Um, but I think sometimes they have these big dreams because no one's actually told them that they can't. It's like, why, why can't I? Why can't I be an NBA player? Why can't I you know, do something awesome with my life? And you know, I think it's a, it's a great challenge for each one of us to be go people for the people around us, to, to give people a green light on what God's calling them to. So let's, let's fill people with faith and not rob them. Let's get around them and encourage them. And then when there's someone that like, you know, says kind of one of those audacious kind of big dreams, you're like, let's not cut that down. Let's actually say, yeah, wow, that is big. How can I help you? How can I actually get around you to, to achieve that, to, to help you know, champion you? So I wanna encourage you in those two things. I'm gonna pray for us. We're gonna sing this song, Trust, which is a, an incredible song of our, of our new album uh, from Proverbs 3, talking about how we can lean not on our own understanding, but lean into God's understanding and He will actually make our paths straight. So we stand to our feet. I might pray for us and uh, yeah, we'll, We'll go into those songs together. Let's pray. God, I just pray today that we would be able to capture a bit of David's heart, the go that he had on his life. I pray that we would be able to cultivate a little bit more of that today, God, that we would be people that aren't waiting for the perfect moment or waiting for, I feel like, to have it all together, but God, we would go before we feel ready, that we are never gonna be more ready than we are right now. And God, I pray that we would be go people personally, that we would be go people and chase the dreams that you've put in our lives, but, but also, you know, maybe even above that, God, we would be champions of other people's lives, champions of other people's dreams and goals that, that you've put inside of them, that God, we would be go people for others, and that God, we would be able to champion each other in what you've called us all to do. So God, we're gonna sing this song, we trust in you, and I pray that today as you, 
call us to big things. Sometimes it's scary, sometimes it's uncomfortable. God, we trust you and we lean into your understanding, God. You will make our path straight. Amen. Amen. Let's sing together.